there's a real clash that you know p between science and religion in you know modern religious doctrines you went down the route of science right you went um you became a surgeon how does evolution fit into the current atheistic belief like what are some of the challenges with the with the current theory peace be on you and welcome to alakam inspire today we're going to be talking about evolution the debate around evolution and some of the islamic aspects as well and we've got today with us dr adil baja who is a consultant surgeon here in the united kingdom dr adil welcome to the podcast thank you for having me peace be upon you dr adil tell us a bit about evolution and what interested you to to do some research into evolution there's a real identity challenge when you're growing up when you're sort of a minority when other people are obviously different and that extends to religion um you know what you fo- what you find in this country is that certainly in sort of primary secondary school level there's almost no interest in religion in any of the students i would say it's almost completely zero and then strange things happen when you're in secondary school or university particularly people start developing a bit more interest but if you delve into that interest it's often a cultural thing um it's you know it's people thinking about their own identity again they're like thinking well where, who do i belong to what what's my what's my background so then they'll start attaching themselves to religion as a almost as a cultural identity thing and an example is you know you would find you know muslims who would be drinking and going to nightclubs but suddenly in ramzan they'll be you know they'll start fasting because yeah. they they feel as if that's something that they should be doing they feel as if they're not then they're sort of neglecting their their parents or they're neglecting their background so it's still really a cultural thing um rather than something that they believe in deeply and that that's a challenge i faced i i didn't really feel there was any merit in following something just because your parents do mm, and yeah. you know and you'll know there's you know there's verses in the quran uh that reject that rhetorically it says you know there's many verses that will know that you know would you follow why are you following what your parents are doing when you know that they're in manifest error so that sort of thought process also extended to religion so so what am i going to do am i going to follow islam just because my parents you know are muslim so why wouldn't i reject religion as well because in this country the prevalent religion is atheism and what what drives atheism is a feeling that it's a very logical thing you know it's very logical it's science basically isn't it? that's the backbone of atheism is scientific thought and there's a real clash that you know p between science and religion in you know modern religious doctrines you went down the route of science right you went um you became a surgeon so how did that kind of pan out for you especially in terms of your islamic theology that you were saying that your your parents were following and you you were questioning well clearly you know i believe in science you know someone as a stud as a student of science um uh, particularly you know biology human biology i believe in it so that raised the question then how does that fit in with me 
you know, my religion? Is it consistent? Or is there a contradiction? Because, you know, the contemporary feeling is that there is a contradiction. You can't really be believe in religion and believe in science. There's a clash. Sure, that's um, the common kind of perception nowadays, isn't it? That's a common perception. And, you know, when you delve into it deeper, what is it about science that, you know, rejects religion? And that's logic and evidence. And, you know, that seems to suggest that you don't need a creator. And at the forefront of that is evolution. Evolution is at the forefront of that. And if you read modern evolutionary theory by biologists like Richard Dawkins, he is a foremost atheist as well. You know, so it goes hand in hand. If you read his books, he takes evolution and says, look, evolution negates the need for a creator. We can explain creation through evolution. So that means you don't need a God. In fact, he says it's a much better explanation um, because, you know, most, again, religious doctrines will have their, their, their theory of creation. The theory of evolution is that sim God simply created you know, animals, sophisticated animals without any process. I think I think it, it's interesting you say that, and we're going to, of course, go into these theories. But like you're saying, it's become Darwinian evolution. It's like Darwinian evolutionary humanism kind of, you know, it's become a religion in itself where it's this is the way and this is how everything happens and this is scientific fact, whereas there's, plenty of evolutionary um, scientists who don't believe in Darwinian evolution, of course. So it's, you know, it, it, the, the debate is still on the table, but it, like you're saying, it's become a kind of religion in itself. And a lot of other scientists actually refer to this scientific dogma, if you like, um, as um, dogma. And they do say that, for example, there's um, scientists who say that Darwin is the god, you know, in evolution, quote unquote, and um, that there was that it's another scientist said that it's Darwinian or neo-Darwinian evolution theory is as if it's an Anglo-Saxon religion. So, I mean, I think the key challenge is how do you fit in, you know, the, the evidence of evolution into religion? And, you know, the evidence is, you know, it's compelling. It's very, you know, when you look at fossil records, you can see, you know, progressive change. And actually, even in living organisms, um, you will see evolution, you know, in action. And I'll, and I'll give you an example is, you know, if you look at the human eye, um, the human eye is a very complex, evolved sensory organ. But you will find simpler more primitive versions of the eye in existence today. You know, you, you, know, you can, and if you can, to the extent that you can actually chart the evolution of the eye, you know, and if you think about it, you know, how would it, how would it start? The eye starts as a simple light sensor on, on an organism that tells the organism where the sun is. So for a plant, that's great, isn't it? It can, you know, grow towards a plant. And then, you develop a concavity so it turns into a little concave a little a little ditch and then the light that allows the organism to know where the light is coming from and that ditch becomes you know like a, a cave like a pinhole camera eventually it can evolve into a pinhole camera and then you can develop light and color and you know you can see so on and so forth and those examples exist you know there'll be snails who have a pinhole camera as an eye 
So you can physically see that, you know, things have evolved, things have changed, you know, genetically. And, and with the discovery of DNA, that was really the, you know, further ammunition to this, where you could actually, you know, there's a real mechanism. You've got DNA, which is this code, which codes for proteins, it codes for everything we have. And, you, you know, you can see how this has changed bit by bit in a cumulative way. The, the problem, I think, is that in religion, for religion is, you know, creationism has become so prevalent. There's, a, there's this concept that you're either a creationist or you believe in the science of evolution. So if you, you could know, just define uh, creationism as well, just for those instance, who are I mean, aware. Yeah, most people would take that to mean that, you know, it's a theory that God created everything without this process of evolution from clay. So human beings were just put on put on the earth by whatever supernatural mechanism, you know, you can think of. That's difficult for someone logical to believe in because we can, there's so much evidence. So you know, evolution, you know, that process of change for sure, for sure has happened. But, but, and this is what my, my real interest is and, and, you know, my inspiration is, um, a man called Mirza Dair Ahmed, who was the fourth successor of the promised Messiah, the founder of the Ambiya Muslim community, an extraordinary man. He was a great influence of me growing up. Um, just by the you know, sheer grace of God, he you know was in this country when he might you know migrated here from Pakistan, and he, he wrote a very well known book, Revelation, Rationality, Knowledge, and Truth, and that really opened my eyes up to you know what the truth is and you know in islam the truth is always the middle road and there is you know there is a middle road you can tie religion up with modern evolutionary evidence so so dr Adil, before we get into this aspect of how evolution fits in to religion and islam in particular just before that i, I just want to go back a step and and look at what you said earlier where where how does evolution fit into the current atheistic belief like what are some of the challenges with the with the current theory and why as a why as a scientist would some of these things you know raise eyebrows and and suggest otherwise well there is obviously a mechanism that they see there is evidence that things have changed with time and they fit that into this theory that um mutations happen there's change at the genetic level at the dna level which is random so this is the neo darwinian darwinian theory there's a random error that happens in your dna okay completely random and you you know those changes are, are of various kinds so those changes could be positive for the organism or they could be negative but those positive ones those positive in terms of giving that animal a better ability to survive they are, you know, those changes are chosen because that animal survives and is able to have more children and those changes becomes more prevalent. And if you repeat that step, you know, as the theory says, if you repeat it, you know, millions and millions of times over millions and millions of years, then you get, you can get a gradual cumulative change of that organism towards something that can survive better. And, you know, that is, you know, what the, the animals that exist today, they're evolved, they've changed over millions of years. 
The challenge, though, the real flaw in that argument is that if you look at it, go into detail, it becomes very obvious, very obvious on a scientific level that those changes cannot have happened, could not have happened single step at a time. And we can go into that in detail, but it kept, you know, it, it, single step doesn't work when you're trying to coordinate certain aspects of evolution. You can't do it at a single step level. So where does that leave the ACEs? I think a lot of people who study evolution would probably understand there's there's a problem here. And, you know, this is actually quite well known. There's conferences on this. You know, this challenge is well known to the atheists. They realize that actually it doesn't quite make sense. The single step isn't going to, you know, solve some of the issues of evolution. But there's nowhere else for these people to go. You know, they, you know, there's no alternative theory that's, you know, well known. You know, the alternative theory would be creationism, which is just, you know, logically doesn't make sense so they stick with it they stick with it and they they're just sort of hoping that something's going to happen what are some of these kind of challenges that you're talking about these in detail um you know random effects of evolution or mutations that don't tie in together well the eye is the excellent example and again this is picked up in the book revelation rationality knowledge and truth which you know anyone interested in evolution must read the challenge you, you see that when you look at the description of the evolution of the eye, they do it at the level of the eyeball. Okay, so all all the examples that we went through, you know, the patch, of, you know, that light sensitive patch, you know, the concavity, the pinhole camera, this is all evolution of the eyeball. Okay, and the evolution of the eyeball, but you know, the eye does not is not something that exists on its own. It's part of the optic system, right? and the optic system is very complicated. You know, if you just just you know, think of a practical example. If you, you know, I'm not sure if you've had your dinner, but if, if something very delicious, a delicious cake was put in front of you, right, you would see it, you know, so your eyeball's seeing that cake. But that information is not just kept in the eyeball. That information is sent down the optic nerve, it's sent to the midbrain, it goes to the visual cortex, and then there's a whole host of nerves that will respond to that. So that information has to be sent to a center. It has to be, the information has to be collated and there's a response. And that response is, you know, you feel hunger, you know, you would, and your stomach will start churning, you'll get excited, your heart rate might go up, you know, there's, you know, various things happen. So the eye is a part of a system. So if you have an evolutionary change in the eyeball, just say however minute, some sort of beneficial change in order for that change to become a survival advantage that organism has to also evolve the optic nerve to carry that new information it would also need to evolve the visual cortex like just imagine you've got the most minutest change that allows you to start seeing color vision okay for that mutation to become a survival advantage in that organism that new information has to pass down the optic nerve that of you know and that new information of color has to be interpreted in the visual cortex and then the organism has to respond it you know it has to know how to you know what the difference between green and brown is it needs to know that you know and that's the difference between eating you know and that you know vegetation that's healthy or vegetation that's dead so that means you need to have you know mutations in 
those different components and they have to happen in that same generation you can't and the reason it has to have the same generation is because without all those changes happening at the same time there's no survival advantage to that animal right and that you know that's a very simple obvious concept if we just spend you know a few minutes looking at it it's pretty it's as obvious as anything else in evolution you have these um you know holes in the theory of evolution and what the current um, explanations are for it but there's a lot in the theory of evolution and darwinian evolution which is acceptable as you know muslims as well so it'd be good to you know your journey into kind of looking at this um as like you're saying a muslim youth who was questioning their faith as well and where where science can tie in so let's talk about evolution in the sense where islam and the quran um kind of coincides and accepts a lot of because there is you know a lot out there about evolution which um actually is very much in accordance to the quran yeah i mean the scientific facts of course i accept i mean i'm not just talking from a personal aspect but you know this is i think fits with islamic theory as well we accept the evolution has happened the question is how do we you know account for this discrepancy how do we account for the fact that the changes the genetic changes need to be coordinated they need to be mm, sort of multi-step and you know multi-step you can look at this in a sort of a mathematical way as well you know mutations at the genetic level if they're random if you look at the you know what is the chance of a mutation in in the eyeball you know in one aspect of the eyeball a random mutation happens very rarely okay very rarely and when it does happen you know only a small number of those changes are going to be advantageous a lot of those changes are going to be you know not advantageous you know and that you can you see that in even pathology you know you have you know genetic conditions of the eye which are, are not helpful most of the time so the probability of you getting a random mutation in the eyeball that is advantageous and the probability of a random mutation in that same generation happening in the optic nerve and the visual cortex becomes a mathematical impossibility you know even you take one example there's you know there's you'd never see it in the history of mankind you know, the, the mathematics will tell you that so the question is then if it's not random how can it happen and this is when you know this is something that I, you know i'm still researching into and trying to understand i think this goes into what we understand by randomness and you'd have to go you know if you look at quantum physics um you will see that actually randomness becomes you know a different concept you know there's things like you know, the heisenberg uncertainty principle brownian motion these are things that will tell that tell you know tell us that we don't even know you know with certainty you know where an electron is in relation to the atom so this 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 is an uncertainty and this uncertainty is unpredictable uncertainty and and that really these these sort of discoveries that are happening they've destroyed this concept of you know, i know this is a separate subject but it's destroyed the concept of scientific materialism and that's a concept is that if you if you know all the laws of science if you know all the information of all you know where everything sits you can predict the future but we know that you that will never happen now you don't know that because there's an element 
of unpredictable uncertainty that exists at the atomic level. And that, you know, would manifest, uh, you know, at the biological level as well, because, you know, mutations are errors of molecules on DNA. So these are, you know, groups of atoms. So that would, what that allows, in my opinion, that allows for patterns to happen in science. You know, there's a scientific mechanism for patterns to happen, for things to happen, which actually are not random. And this is what you see in evolution. Look at evolution. What you will see is extraordinary patterns, extraordinary information. And we look at, you know, look at what animals can do. They can do things that, you know, far beyond the reach of human, you know, accomplishments, you know, in terms of aviation, in terms of sonar technology, in terms of healing. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example as a surgeon. Just, you know, just think of the concept that if you cut yourself, if you cut yourself with a knife, what would happen well if you keep the wound clean that cut that you have will completely heal up by itself you won't have to do anything and that's you know you know we're used to that but actually if you step back and think my god what's going on it's something healing itself it's almost like a supernatural thing but it's not and those examples in, in science and nature are you know are there's millions of those you know, from the honeybee to the, you know, the, the sonar technology of, you know, of bats to how whales communicate with themselves. So these are, you know, these are patterns. These are signs. These are signs that there's intelligence. That there's someone, that there's something that is super intelligent that has created human, you know, the animal kingdom. I think this goes back to, now this is where the divide is coming in, right? So a lot of people who, so like you said, as Muslims, we have no issue, um, apart from, you know, one or two, uh, with the general theory of evolution that we developed in stages um, from lower life forms to more complex ones. Like you're saying, and anyone out there um, who is, you know, who's not unsure, Islamically, um, as Muslims, we accept this. The only issue, like you're saying here, is these this element of, they're not being intelligent design and everything happening randomly and like you know the common uh, term goes is blind evolution so this is it's interesting you describe all of that because as muslims of course we believe that all of this at every level was guided and it wasn't random and like you're saying it can can be explained scientifically as well there's no issue with that so you know, you as um, a doctor as well, it's, it's. I think, for all our listeners out there, students who haven't gone into um, science or biology, it's actually quite logical as well that these things can happen. But like you're saying, they can only happen if there's an intelligent designer behind them. For sure. And, and this, you know, this is, you know, the crux of, you know, the logic behind Islam, you know, science and religion go hand in hand. And they need to go hand in hand. How can there be, um, you know, a clash between the word of God and the creation of God? If there was, then you would logically, you would say, you know, the, the word of God is from one God and the creation of God is from another God. But there isn't. There's one God. This is the unity of God. And you often hear people talk about unity of God what you know what does that mean well you know it means that 
in, in this example that obviously that the all sources of intelligence and knowledge is coming from one source and you know if i may there's there's many verses of the holy quran that describe this many and you'll be astonished there's almost more verses of the holy quran that talk about science and studying science than anything else and this is one from chapter 67 as one of many examples blessed is he in whose hand is the kingdom and he has power over all things who has created death and life that he might try you which of you is best in deeds and he is the mighty the most forgiving who has created seven heavens in harmony no incongruity can thou see in the creation of god then look again seest thou any flaw and look again and yet again thy sight will return to thee confused and fatigued so that verse is you know it's just an extraordinary verse that says there's perfection in science there's perfection in revelation where does that perfection come from it comes from one source it's the same thing so study science study evolution and you will see these signs i mean i wouldn't say it's to the level of a proof it's not a proof it's a sign it's, it gives you the feeling that the god should exist but then that next that next journey in my opinion that next journey i mean that's determined by god himself if there's an intelligent creator then the means of knowing him will be you know for him to decide and that journey that journey is you know prayer it's you know meditation it's good deeds it's a and it's a tough journey it's a tough journey but that's a journey that you know an individual will make you know and a motivated individual and part of that motivation you can get by studying science and evolution the quran does say focus um or ponder actually it says believers are those who ponder over the creation of the heavens and the earth so you like to be a, a proper believer you have to do this pondering you have to reflect are you going you know growing up as you said in the united kingdom there's this clash of culture clash of identity clash of religions how did you kind of get into this especially for those youth who are listening um who are going through a similar journey how did you start off you know you went in depth with evolution because that's that's a common um thing which you know determines all life and our existence but how did you kind of what are the stepping stones of getting into this as 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 a muslim who's pondering over these things well it's in you know the books i've read the, the most logical book i've read is the philosophy of the teaching of islam which you know in, in the english language is for me the foremost book of religion philosophy knowledge truth that i've ever read and you know it's mind blowing that something that you know really triggers it and also the other works of you know of the promised messiah the founder of the um, the muslim community you know victory of islam is an example these you know these, these books really inspired me and you know when you read those there's logic in there the arguments put forward by the, the messiah of the holy prophet of muhammad uh, peace be upon him it's logical it's sent you know it makes sense and obviously you know ultimately it's the it's the holy quran you read the you know, the verses of the holy quran are there to inspire and they do i think that's the kind of difficult element for many atheists nowadays where essentially they believe in science <clears throat> they recognize evolution you know the theory of evolution as being scientific 
And as soon as you start to deconstruct and start to um, kind of highlight the concerns or the flaws within the argument, they turn to the, well, the other side is creationism, you know, that, you know, God created the world in seven days, they take things very literally, there's no, um, you know, element of evolution. The, the Islam presented uh, by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, and as explained by uh, the reformer, the promised Messiah, um, peace be upon him, um, that is very logical. And like you mentioned, you know, his caliphs have done further research and ex- and explained this in much more detail. And it pull, it puts forward this kind of argument that why can't there be, or, you know, why can't there be a, you know, a higher power that is an intelligent designer that has facilitated this process of evolution? And I think when you start putting that argument out for atheists, it kind of causes a bit of concern because that means that there is potentially a God and that potentially necessitates trying to recognize him trying to you know gain that element of spirituality that means that there's more than just our physical selves our morality there is an element of spirituality so i think uh, i mean from yourself from talking to atheists or perhaps doing research have you found that um as well ultimately it comes down to you know a level of interest um i mean an atheist Deep down, they must know studying evolution. They must know there's issues, and there we know that. You can, you know, there's, there's conferences on these things where they're looking at the issues, but it's very difficult for them to, you know, start thinking about intelligent design. But that's not to say that there aren't people, you know, in the religion, in the scientific community who believe in intelligent design. And you know, an example would be Stephen Meyer, um, and I would encourage people to read his works. He is, you know, a scientist, but he, he's taken evolution. He studied it, and he's, you know, he concludes you know, there is intelligence behind this. Um, the next step becomes a lot harder. I mean, that next step is really, you know, of finding that intelligent designer, finding that, you know, the challenge of devoting yourself to, you know, to find finding a god. I mean, that's such a that's a spiritual journey that requires a huge amount of effort, and you know, the reality is. You know, there's probably not that many people around at the moment who are interested in doing that journey. There's so much, you know, materialism and other things, you know, to take away, you know, to distract, you know, people at the moment that they're not making that journey. But you know, we know that these things change all the time. I think it's worth highlighting, just literally off that, just one point. It's worth highlighting that those people, there are people who have interest in this this realm, and not just Muslims. You know, for example, there's a Canadian professor Keith Moore, um, who is a surgeon as well and an embryologist. So he's studied embryology to you know the process start to finish, and he recognizes and, and has published papers recognizing that the process described within the Quran is you know is absolutely correct so there it does come down to this level of interest I completely agree with you that those individuals who are interested who want to explore and truly find whether you know evolution the theory of evolution is actually true or whether there is sort of this the possibility that there's an intelligent designer guiding this process um, you know those individuals can do research and there is material out there for them to to kind of go off and 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 i think it's also important to you know mention you know you know from my personal perspective i'm not and i'm not 
talking and pretending that I'm this great enlightened person that has made this journey because I'm special. You know, it was very, very easy for me. And the reason is that I, in front of me was this, you know, this huge intelligence, this great man, Mr. Dyer, may, may God be pleased with him, you know, talking at very small functions sometimes. And I was there, you know, he wrote the book and of course I was going to read it. I, you know, my background, I mean, I was always inclined not to be prejudicial against these sort of books. So it's very easy for my background to have done that. What becomes a lot harder, much harder, I think, for someone who's not from that background, you know, has you know, brought up without any the influence of their parents to make that journey. But there are people who do it. And, you know, I know examples in, in my mind, you know, the history of of our organization, you know, there's people who've made that journey and they are truly extraordinary people. Um, you know, in this country, Bashir or Chitsab would be one. You know, there's, there's many examples of these people who've made these great journeys. 100%. These journeys... Um actually there's more and more people becoming interested in them as well um especially like we've been discussing we, we've gone through that schooling of you know a very atheistic environment but now you know maybe it's because of covid or there's everyone's having these questions about life um and there's more and more interest in religion but like you're saying as someone who ha is going through that kind of um you know the clash of religion science and the worldview and atheists th there is you know a guiding light and if you want to you can like you're saying you know try start off by gaining that knowledge you have lots of books um and of course as ahmadi muslims a lot of these books like you've just said the philosophy of the teachings of islam revelation rationality are available on alislam.org free of charge anyone can read them but then, you know, like Dr. Adil, you've been talking about is that's that journey, those steps then to take are all personal. You know, you have to put in the hard work of praying, of doing, of kind of following the guidelines, which the Quran describes to truly understand or find or develop that connection, of course, towards God. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But then I think, you know, there's also nothing to fear. In you know in these these atheistic arguments, there's absolutely nothing to fear at all. If you go in there logically, scientifically, if you go into that mindset, if you're completely open, then you know you'll you'll find the signs of the existence of God. That's I mean that's what it says in the Holy Quran. And ironically, it's I think there's many people in the scientific community who become unscientific in you know in the way they they use this knowledge and Richard Dawkins is one of the best examples of that. I mean, he makes fun of religious mullahs and you know, extremists all the time, but what he doesn't realize is that actually the way he, he, he has become one of those, he's got his own dogma. It's, it's identical. You know, he doesn't see the arguments. I mean, he, and some of his arguments are, you know, incredibly weak. I mean, I'll give you one example. One example he talks about when he's, about the existence of God, he says that God cannot exist because if God exists, then you would have to explain who created God. You know, and it's a very weak circular argument because you know you could easily logically you'd look at it and said, well, look, God has created everything. He's also created creation. You know, the concept of creation is created by God. 
so you won't you wouldn't be entrapped by his own creation but they become very you know they they turn into mullahs themselves you know the mullahs they they mock they don't realize that they themselves are have become that mullah yeah they become dogmatic themselves and you know one purpose of this podcast of this episode especially is to show that there's plenty um of people out there who have studied the science who have gone deep into the sciences their careers are based on science as well and they believe in god they have a lot of people agnostic scientists they're agnostic they don't know and like you're saying there's plenty who do believe so it's not just you know the new aged um atheists who are you know the end um the final say to everything there's plenty of scientists who aren't sure or they leave the um the possibility out there or they are believers themselves but dr adil it's been a great conversation really interesting and especially from the angle of your journey as a young muslim and facing these challenges here in the west in the uk and then overcoming those challenges and then you know you're on this journey of discovery and you've discovered a lot and like you're saying we're all students we're all continuing to um continue that journey but it helps you know science and religion they're not contradictory and that journey um does work of course um thank you for having a uh, for being on the podcast and it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to the alhakam inspire podcast we hope you enjoyed it visit our socials on instagram twitter and youtube at alhakam inspire and of course subscribe to our youtube channel and leave your comments there we would love to hear your feedback and thoughts so send us an email to inspire@alhakam.org